Well, good morning. It's good to see each and every one of you. Uh, I'm Pastor Craig, and it's a privilege to be able to share the Word of God with you this morning. If you just join with me uh, in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do indeed come to you this morning, giving thanks and praise to you for all of your mercies and all of your comfort. We pray now, O Lord, that you'd open our hearts and our minds to receive your word, that you make the words on, this page, on these pages come to life for us, uh, that we might live in your grace uh, all of our days. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're continuing with our message series here at Shepherd's Gate Life Verse, and we're uh, taking a look at certain verses of the Bible that uh, are significant for uh, us in, in our lives. And you are invited, have been invited to send in those verses that resonate with you, what you would call your life verses. Uh, you can do that by sending that to hashtag SGLifeVerse, uh, or you can go to the Connection Center out in the hallway and uh, let them know. Uh, in case you don't know what a hashtag is, it's a pound sign. <laughs> At least that's what they used to call it back in my day. Amen. Thank you. So we're continuing with the series Life Verse. Um, we all have a story. I have a story. You have a story. Story of our lives. It all began when you and I were conceived. That's when our story began our life story, and it's one that's still in progress. It's one that's still in progress, and for us, for those who believe in Jesus Christ, that story has no ending. Amen. Has no ending. Oh, sure, it might have an ending this side of heaven, and I say may have an ending this side of heaven because there's something that we always need to keep in front of us, and that is that Christ is coming again in glory one day, and we believe and teach that that could happen at any moment at any moment. But while we continue to live our life stories here this side of heaven, we're reminded that we all live in the same world. And there are some things that you and I as human beings, all of us, share in common. Right? I mean, we all need water. Right? We all need air to breathe, clothing and food, and we all need a Savior. We're all in need of a Savior. We live in the same world, and as we go through life and we live our story this side of heaven, uh, we do experience joy. Uh, we experience laughter in our lives. We experience those times when you might say that life is good. But then we also know from our daily life, as we live this side of heaven, that there are those times in our life that life is hard. And that's the result, we know, of living in a world that is broken by sin. And because of that brokenness, you and I, we also share in experiences that we wish we didn't have to. That we share in experiences of death of loved ones, anguish, a trouble, a heartache, distress, oppression, illness. There are things that we go through. We all go through them. In fact, I have a question for you. Because it seems that sometimes you're the only one who experiences the things in your life that you do. <laughs> it seems sometimes that like you're just all alone. I know that there have been times in my life when I do, I feel like, why? I go, some of the stuff I go through, why are you picking on me, Jesus? <laughs> Let me prove a point. If you, I could just ask you to stand. Just stand up if you could. Stand up, please. <laughs> Holy moly. Three times I have to ask them to stand. 
If you've never had a car stolen, sit down. If you've never had a car stolen, sit down. This is easier than I thought. If you've never had two cars stolen, sit down. All right, we still got some people standing, I see. And one of them is my brother in my house church. How many cars have you had stolen? Two, all right. If you've never been in a car accident, sit down. If you've never been in seven car accidents, sit down. That took care of that. I didn't have to even ask the clincher. You want to know what it was? Have you ever had turpentine accidentally spilled in your eyes? Sometimes you just kind of, in your life, feel like, man, people just don't go through some of the things that we go through. Now, I know that those things to you and the things that you're going through in your life might seem like small potatoes. And you are correct. That we all have our story, we all have things in our lives that we're dealing with. I had the privilege recently, for example, of uh, meeting an uh, Army veteran who is the winner of three Purple Hearts. Count them. Three. And listening to his story and the fact that this guy is put together with pins and plates and rods, was blown up twice, one of them in a Humvee. You listen to his story and you know that what we go through or what I've been through in my life Seems like small potatoes. There's a book out there that was written by Tim Keller. He's a pastor of a large church out in, uh, in New York. And the name of the book is Walking with God Through Pain and Suffering. Very enlightening. And in that book is full of stories of people and the things and the pain and the suffering that they've been through in their lives and their experiences. And you read them and you just go, wow, we all have a story. Today, I'd simply like to share with you some verses from the Bible that resonate with me. That resonate with me and who have, has been like you through experiences in their lives. Share them with you. And these verses in my life have kind of given purpose to the things I've been through. Kind of given a reason. And my prayer is this morning that they will be of help to you in what you're experiencing in your life today or in what may yet to come. So my life verse I'd like to share with you this morning, and we're reminded in this that we are not alone. From 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 3-5, through 5, Paul writes, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all our affliction, so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. So it's here, it's here in 1 Corinthians that we see that God is the God of all mercies and comfort in all of the trouble that we face in our life. There are some words that kind of stand out in this passage. First, there is affliction. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our affliction. Affliction, what are those things? Well, affliction are those things that we kind of talked about a few minutes ago. 
It's what today we would probably call pressure or stress. Uh, it might be what some of you are experiencing right now is you're thinking perhaps about going to work tomorrow. Affliction, it's things that kind of tie us up in knots in our stomachs and they make us feel anxious, depressed, troubled about what may have happened or what may lie ahead. We all experience affliction to one degree or another. There was a time in my life when um, I completely I, I had a breakdown. And, I mean, I wound up in the hospital for three days. It was all the result of allowing stress and anxiousness and affliction and going on in my life at the time to get to me. We all experience it at one time or another. It's what makes for hectic days and sleepless nights. It gnaws continually at our minds. It threatens our well-being. It refuses, perhaps, to go away and leave us alone. We all have that in our life. Reading through some of the major stressors that um, online and in some books I was reading, that they list what some major stresses in life are. And there was a death of a loved one, uh, moving, a new job, a separation or divorce, trouble in relationships, workplace stresses, uh, illness, injury, uh, finances. These are things that we all deal with to one degree or another. The trouble and afflictions we experience in our lives can be both spiritual and physical. Spiritual and physical. Spiritually, it could be stress or anguish over sin. Perhaps uh, the thought that our relationship with Jesus um, is just not right because of some sin uh, that you have committed and that perhaps you just feel that Jesus just cannot possibly uh, forgive me for that. So that relationship between you and God stays in a place that is uncomfortable, creates anguish. What's really happening when that happens is that Satan is using God's law, the Ten Commandments, against you to disturb your conscience, to separate us from God when we allow those things to happen. Spiritually, we could also be suffering uh, anguish or stress over perhaps some sin that someone committed against us. And we just cannot let go of it and it's affecting the relationship that we have with them. In either case, what's happening is Satan is using that to separate us from God and fellowship with one another, and that does cause us distress and anguish. Distress and anguish and affliction can also be physical. Physical afflictions can also be the source, and it's in those times that we experience those physical things in our life that perhaps we can be, begin to question God. Uh, where is he at? And sometimes in those things it becomes hard to see him. We all have trouble in our lives. It was no different. It was no different for Paul and the Christians in the first century when these words in Corinthians were written. They lived under the pressure and the stress just as we do. Paul experienced it as well, but along with it he experienced the mercy and the comfort of God, which are two other words that stand out in this section. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies and the God of all comforts, who comforts us in all of our afflictions. Mercies. Mercies are outward expressions of pity. 
someone has mercy on us, it's because they pity the situation that we are in. Having mercy assumes that the one who is receiving it is in need of it, and the one who is giving it is able to meet that need. He is the God of mercy and the God of comfort. Now, what Paul is writing here about comfort is more than just a little bit of cheer and a friendly word of encouragement. That's not what Paul means when he writes this. What he means is basically to strengthen and to give hope. That's what that word means. So what Paul is pointing out here is that God's mercy and comfort are his provision for all of the trouble that we encounter in our life. Some questions for us this morning. Do we recognize God the Father as the source and the giver of all mercies and comfort in all of the afflictions that we face in our lives? Do we recognize the ways that he extends his mercy and comfort? Do we know what the purpose is for the afflictions and the troubles we face in our lives? He is the Father of mercies and the God of all comfort. And that, folks, is all by God's grace. God's grace and His mercy. Because you see, our greatest need is salvation. Our greatest need is forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ, who is the only one who has the ability to meet that need. And it is there that God has given us mercy. We're reminded in Ephesians 2, 1 through 5, and you were dead in trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy, because of his love, great love, with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with God. By grace you have been saved. So when we were in that miserable condition of being separated from God the Father, when we had that greatest need going on in our life, God had mercy. And Christ came into the world and died for you and for me. That was his outward expression of pity. His mercy, his life, his death, his resurrection. So that by faith in him, we have forgiveness of all of our sins. We don't have to let Satan nibble away at our conscience about some sin we may have committed that we cannot feel forgiven for. You cannot rely on your feelings. If you are suffering anguish or in spiritual spiritually because of something that you cannot feel forgiven for, go to the words of the gospel. That God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have eternal life. God did not come into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. You are forgiven through faith in Jesus Christ. He continues to grant us his mercy and forgiveness today visibly, through the word and through the sacraments of baptism. We live in our baptism each and every single day. Baptism is not just a one-time thing. It's effective in our life. Peter writes in 1 Peter 3.21, baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you. 
That's in the present tense. That by faith, each and every day, we are renewed in our baptism through confession and faith. In Holy Communion today that we will be partaking of, it is there that we receive Christ's body and blood in and with the bread and the wine. That's a visible gospel reassuring us, as Jesus says in Matthew 26, of the forgiveness of sins. God of mercies, meeting our greatest need. He is the God of all mercy, of our greatest need, our salvation. He is also the God of comfort by his grace. Comfort for the soul. As I said a little bit ago, comfort is more than just a cheer or a friendly word of encouragement. The word basically means to strengthen and to give hope. What Paul experienced was the strengthening of God to give him a peaceful, restful spirit to meet the pressures and the stresses with which he lived. And that's what Christianity is all about. It's about a daily strengthening in Jesus Christ. In the Greek, the word is used for the Holy Spirit. The Bible frequently calls the Holy Spirit the comforter. But really it is the strengthener, the one who strengthens you. He gives us spiritual comfort, peace of soul, by bringing us to faith so that we may find comfort in that we have been reconciled to God. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. He daily strengthens us, daily strengthens us in the faith. He also is the God of comfort for the body. He provides all that we need for our daily life. The psalmist writes in Psalm 145, The eyes of all look to you, and, give to them, and you give to them their food in due season. You open your hand and you satisfy the desire of every living thing. How does he do that? How does God actually work in your life every single day in a very real way? He does it through people. Ordinary, everyday people. Just as our spiritual life is completely dependent on God, our physical lives are dependent on other people. Our lives are not one of isolation, but one of interaction with others and being blessed by others, whether they are Christian or not. The farmer, the plumber, the baker, the hospice workers, you name it. God working through them. It's as if God is coming to us wearing a mask. God, the source of comfort for the body. And they are there to bring us joy and strengthen us each and every day. So here's the question. I've often asked myself, why have I experienced the trouble and the afflictions in my life? Because like you, I have been through physical illnesses. I have experienced deep sorrow in my life. I have experienced deep depression in my life. Why have I been through those things? Well, like you, because as we said, the world is broken. And yet, God continually forgives me even though there are times in my life when I know I'm supposed to live like a child of God, and yet I don't? What's the point? 
Well, number one is it's through those things I've experienced in my life that God has drawn me closer to himself because it's only been in the troubled times of my life that I go running to him, unfortunately. I don't know if you find that to be true in your life. That's usually what happens. We experience trouble. We go running to God. When things are good, we have a tendency not to be going to him and thanking him. Also, I found in this verse, the purpose is so that we may be able to comfort those who are in any affliction with the comfort with which we ourselves are comforted by God. For as we share abundantly in Christ's suffering, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. There's a purpose. So we may take the experiences that we've had in our life and share them with others, how God has moved in our life. And we do that by sharing the gospel by telling others the good news of what Christ has done in our life and how he has strengthened us and given us the peace of forgiveness each and every day. We share how God works in our life in all of our troubles so that others may have hope and know that they are not alone. A couple weeks ago, I received a phone call. It was in the evening. I received a phone call. It was a young person who was in deep distress. One of their co-workers, who they knew very, very well, had taken their own life. And this person was a Christian, had expressed faith in God. The one who had called me was distressed and full of questions, and how could God let that happen, and what went on, and how come? And We talked for quite a while on the phone, shared with them gospel, prayed with them, and then found out that through all of that, what this person did was they went online and on Facebook and the social media, they shared their experience in what they had been through in their life and how at one time they had been in that same position and how the comfort and peace of God in their life had brought them through it. And what happened was they shared with me their Facebook lit up with all kinds of responses from people who she never would have guessed were experiencing the same thing in their life. It's when we share our story with others and the hope that we have in Christ and what he has done in our life and how he has carried us through it that others also find comfort and hope. We share mercy Micah writes, He has shown you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you to act justly and to love mercy and to walk humbly with your God in that we forgive others as we have been forgiven. And I know I have been forgiven much. And to give comfort. Our purpose in our life is to do good works. To do those things that God calls us to do. We're reminded in Ephesians chapter 2.10 that we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Because we have been created by virtue of our creation, you and I have a purpose in life and that is to do the works which God has prepared for us to do. Our relationship with people involves our working in their lives. In short, being God with skin on to them.
and helping them along and praying with them. Paul writes in 111, you also must help us by prayer so we may, many will give thanks on our behalf for the blessings granted us through the prayers of many. We are not individuals living alone in this life. We are members of a family. We are members of a body, the church, which is all of those in the world who believe in Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And when we are attuned to what is going on in other people's lives, share our story and pray with them, they find comfort and hope. These last couple of weeks, well, not last, well, yeah, last couple of weeks been dealing with a plumbing problem at home. How many of you know what a sump pump is? Yeah, most of you have. So we got this sump pump line that loves to act up once a year. So this year I had the, the plumber come out and uh, he comes out to snake the line and there's a clean out in the middle of my yard, thankfully, and right in the middle of the line. So he comes and he grabs his milk crate and he's sitting there with the snake machine snaking out the line and I'm talking to him and he looks at me and he says, can I tell you something between you and me? I kind of had this look on my face, I guess. And he was like, what's that? And I said, I hear that a lot. <laughs> um, and I told him, I said, well, yeah, sure. So he starts to share with me his story. That his wife is ill, that he's almost lost her four times. He has a 13-year-old daughter who has multiple health issues. And mind you now, the snake is going the whole time. If you know what a snake is, the machine is snaking the line. And I'm like, he's telling me the story, and I'm looking at the snake. And I'm like, when's the snake going to reach the end of the line? You know? <laughs> and how they lost their house because of the financial stresses from the illness and all that was going on in their life. And the snake is churning. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Let's pray. So right there in the middle of my yard, I put my hand on the plumber, and we prayed. And the snake is churning. <laughs> and we prayed. We prayed for God's presence in his life, for peace. When I said amen, the snake broke through. <laughs> It's just a matter of listening, of being present in people's lives, sharing with them the good news of what Christ has done in their life. Because we have been through what we've been through, we've been through for a reason. Your story will have impact on other people's lives. Share with them the God of all mercy and the God of all comfort and what he has done in your life. Let us pray. We are going to be preparing to receive Holy Communion. And as part of this prayer, I am going to remain silent for a few minutes to give you the opportunity to confess your sins. Heavenly Father, we do come to you this morning. We thank you that you are the God of comfort and the God of mercies. We admit to you, Father, that there have been times in our life that we have not lived in that comfort and in that mercy, that we have taken it for granted, that we have not lived a life as your child. Our thoughts, our actions, neglecting our relationships, neglecting our relationship with you, the desires and the things that we think. 
We pray and ask, O Lord, that you would now hear our confession. Father, again, we thank you for all of your mercies and your comfort. Jesus, thank you for going to the cross for us that we might have life, eternal life, and forgiveness. In your name we pray. Amen. God, the Father of mercies and comfort, has already, by virtue of your faith and for the sake of his Son, Jesus Christ, forgiven you all of your sins. As a call ordained servant of the word, and by his command and in his stead, I announce that grace and forgiveness to you now. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, the night in which he was betrayed, he took bread. And when he had given thanks, he broke it, and he gave it to his disciples, and he said, Take, eat. This is my body, which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And then he took the cup, he blessed it. And he gave it to them and he said, drink from it, all of you. This cup is the blood of the new covenant which is shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink of it in remembrance of me. Come now and receive that forgiveness that is yours and mine in Christ Jesus. All has been prepared for you. May this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and preserve you and keep you in the one true faith till you see Jesus face to face. May the God of all comfort and mercies be with you today and all the rest of the days of your life. Depart in peace. Amen.